Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins, and today I'm joined by three friends. First, Rachel Calderon Navarro. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Schultz. Hello. And Joseph Tuna Medish. Hello. And uh, we are here to talk about the 1991 film Samurai Cop. Uh, one of the great bad movies, <laughs> at least that's how it's billed. But we're going to talk a little bit about that and sort of what we learned from it. Which I think is a lot. <laughs> what? Um, like I learned a lot. Cleaned? I learned some things okay. uh, by watching it. This, I'd seen this many times, though. I'd yeah. seen this many times before. Although I was kind of amazed at how much I'd forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw it probably a couple of years ago. Like, it wasn't that long ago <laughs> that I watched this. And there were still things where I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about the lion. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get too far into this, we need to do a 60 second plot dump. That person's going to be tuna. Oh, ding All dong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man, I thought you said it was going to be the person that made you mad. So I definitely thought it was going to be Sam. <laughs> no, I, I hurt Sam's feelings today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So I decided I wouldn't do I wouldn't do that to him. All right. Samurai cop. 60 second plot dump in All three. Right. Two, one. All right, so the Katana gang, led by this guy named Fujiyama, shows up in L.A. So Samurai Cop and his buddy Frank uh, stop a drug deal that they're doing uh, via an explosion. And then the chief yells at them, and they set up hospital protection for the only guy that survived the explosion. But, uh, Robert, uh, what's his name? Robert Zadar. Yeah, he plays Yamashita, and he chops that surviving dude's head off. Uh, and then so Samurai Cop and Frank confront Katana. There's a gunfight in the parking lot. Uh, but then Samurai Cop seduces Fujiyama's girlfriend, but then they kill a bunch of cops to try to find him, and then he fights back. At one point, they kill the only guy who knows what he's doing, but I don't really remember when that happens, because things just sort of happened a bunch. Uh, eventually, Samurai Cop and Frank break into Katana's compound and kill a bunch of dudes, and then he battles Yamashita, and then Yamashita kills himself to preserve his honor, and then sex happens. Ta-da! Very good. I was a little afraid you were going into too much detail there at the first, but you're right. The last half of that film just, yeah, things just happen. (laughs) Right. So I can't even remember what leads them anywhere in this movie, really. Yeah, that was the hardest part, because I I had to look up and wrote my outline based on the Wikipedia one, and Uh I was like, there seems to be a lot missing here, but I don't know where. Like, they didn't mention that there's, like, one guy in the whole movie, like, obviously Wikipedia didn't mention it but there's one guy in the entire movie who looks like he actually knows martial arts uh-huh. and then we watched that interview with Red Letter Media where oh yeah there's a great interview oh, with Matt yeah. Hannon the star of this movie mm-hmm. um, it's a two part interview with Red Letter Media I strongly recommend you watch it it's a really good interview yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Matt talks a lot about the the whole process of making the film and it is it is as ridiculous as you expect it to be <laughs> yeah. it's it's just 100 percent he you could tell when you were on set this was going poorly uh what what is his name uh gerald akamira yeah uh-huh. uh, yeah clearly who, the only person in the film who had any experience with martial arts and then he dies at some point but that's not mentioned on wikipedia and i was like i don't know when that happened because <laughs> there's just like a bunch of scenes where people die and they i don't know how they connect because there's not like strong motivation to that's get when they break into his house and they watch him have sex for a minute yeah but i don't remember why, don't they, do why that. they do that was that before or after other cops started getting killed they cut 
That was before. That was before other cops get killed. Yeah, that was before other okay, cops. Get that's killed. what I thought, but then I couldn't remember. After the guy's head gets cut off, but yes. before other cops start okay. getting killed. Yeah, they go after him. Gerald Akamira <laughs> is, is, is like he's. I wish I I did not do any research on Gerald Akamira, but I've seen him in all kinds of things. He shows up mm-hmm. in all kinds of B movies as well as uh, he's been in a few bigger movies. I want to say he was in Big Trouble in Little China, but I might be making oh, that maybe. up. I just I have a memory of him from that era but he he is really good in here with his martial arts stuff mm-hmm. but like as good as can be expected when according to Matt Hannon they only had one take of everything which looks correct yeah. if you watch this <laughs> like that that seems appropriate that explains so many things yeah um but yeah it's a it's a quote unquote martial arts movie mm-hmm. uh it's a rip off of lethal weapon um and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a few things. It's trying to be comedy. It's trying to be action. It's trying to be very serious. It's trying to be a lot of things. But uh, also, I want to say that we, we watched this together. This was another group watch. And I always it love it when fun. we get to do that. Yeah, they're always fun. <laughs> this is more fun. But Sam, you had more experience with this movie. Yeah, I think. Well, Rachel has seen it, too. She's no, maybe slept kinda. through some of it. Yeah. <laughs> but Explain. We, ex- we watched it previously in Fecal Film Fest, which we've mentioned before, is a movie marathon we do every year, me and some people in town, and Nick comes to it, and I think Tuna's maybe been to it a little bit. Uh, it's a bad film marathon. And every and year, last year you like, gave me the greatest gift, which was which uh, was an American hippie in Israel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do it on this podcast. It's so great. I, like, I, I enjoyed it so much. Too much to say about <laughs> it. <laughs> you should write a book about it. You could write a book about America, an mm-hmm. American hippie in Israel. It's so good. So we picked the movies in that by committee, basically. And that two years, three years, whoever, however long ago, Samurai Cop was like the headliner movie that we watched. <laughs> and uh, it was a riot then, and it's a riot now. Yeah. And, Held up. And kind of like uh, a little back uh, reference is that it's it's usually done during uh, the middle of winter when it's really crappy outside. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of like uh, blankets, blankets, and bags. junk food eating oh, yeah. and stuff. So uh, it's my own personal tradition. I pretty much fall asleep at, during every movie at least <laughs> fifteen minutes or more. And so, yeah, there are parts of this movie, like, I definitely saw this movie, but there are parts that I... That are new to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, like, a big hit. I think it was everybody's favorite that year, because it is... I can imagine. ...basically, yeah. like, a perfect bad movie. Yeah. Even so far as, like, there's nothing in it. Like, the last one that we did was... What was the movie that we did last week? What was last week? Uh, Night Wars? Or two weeks ago? Night Wars. Yeah. Night Wars has, like, that horrible rape scene in it. But this movie yeah. doesn't even have anything that's super overly problematic to where you'd be like, well, I would show it to you because most of it's funny, except this one is just, like, pretty much straight through... No, the sex scenes are very consensual. There is <laughs> yeah. an equal amount of male to female nudity. There certainly is. Um, yeah. Many, many male... Butts yeah. in this I'd movie, say, including I don't the know. cups of underwear. Yeah. That waiter conversation is so bizarre. Okay, yeah. so we talked about the waiter conversation that night that we watched it. Mm-hmm. That it was so bizarre that I think I'm supposed to be offended because they're making fun of homosexuals. I don't know. That's the thing. It's like so bizarre. I think. 
Or they're making fun of or Mexican ma- people? No, no. Costa Rican. Oh, Costa Rican people. Right. He specifically. Right, well, Sam. I forgot he specifically said he was from Costa Rica. <laughs> well, he said his, <laughs> like his cousin? Like Spanish. Yeah. yeah right. I, and he's credited as Costa Rican waiter, I think. <laughs> okay. Right. So, yeah. yeah. But he also just talks but, like the Mad Hatter kind of. Yeah. Well, he talks like the, the, the thing he made me think of. The, I forget. The, it might be Jack Benny or something like that. There's a character on The Simpsons, the waiter that goes, hello, yes, <laughs> yeah. and does that sort of, but that's a reference to like some old show yeah. and I can't remember who it is. I but, also can't, but I know, yeah. I know what you're talking right. about. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Either it seems or. like it was if intended to be if offensive. It's, but if it's making wasn't. fun of, if it's a caricature of a person who speaks Spanish or a caricature of a person who is gay either way. Okay. But it, it's true. I would just say that I think to me that was the the vibe I was getting was like this is making fun of gay people. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing in the 80s. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's okay. I'm just saying it was it was like right. a lot of the films I've gone back to watch like films that I loved. I've been like, "Oh, especially with um, you know, the gay panic mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you know, Monster Squad, I think, is one of the biggest ones. That uh, was the like, beginning of Monster Squad is something that I would like edit out. Yes. For if I ever showed it to my <laughs> children, I would get rid of that part. Absolutely. Just kind of side comment. I recently rewatched uh, Bill and Ted, like the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when he said the F word, it made, it like broke my heart. <laughs> because I, right? that movie's so good. But then there's that weird moment that is just so like... In time imprinting. Yeah. And it and it's tough because there are a lot of those films that are like that. Um, one of my favorite films of all time is Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a moment of that in there that is like, I wish that wasn't in here. But yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, I mean, it does work a little bit more in there because it is setting up who these people are, at mm-hmm. least. And, and I don't think you're supposed to laugh at that joke the way a homophobic person would be laughing at it. I think you're supposed to feel that he is quite insecure (laughs) about something but uh that's a a whole different conversation well okay so barring that one part which which i would say is so ineptly done that it's more confusing than anything yeah yeah it comes off as surreal as opposed to like oh this is definitely like a specific stereotype Uh it's like no this is like a space alien who (laughs) happens to be like puerto rican yeah but Coast, this, yeah. Costa Rican. Costa Rican. Oh yeah. boy, we're in the, we're in the I, can't, weeds I don't even now. remember hearing the line where this was said. So I, I just remember all of us asking, "Is there, is there something weird about cops in Costa Rica?" Like I don't understand what's going on. Anyway, but okay, we so, digress. Yes. It's good, it's good right. clean, bad movie fun. Yes. beyond that, basically for the most part. Especially, I think if you like, grew up with, or like, uh, sort of action buddy buddy movies yes. like mm-hmm. this this is fun to watch in that way i think mm-hmm. i think it's fun to watch in otherwise but like that one in spe- specifically you can look at this and go wow they really were making a <laughs> making a, a rip off of lethal weapon <laughs> i mean part of the charm of it is that those two actually seem samurai cop and frank is that frank. his name yeah. actually seem like they're friends and yeah they do yeah. have kind of a weird weird stil- stilted chemistry that works. <laughs> yeah. They both seem uh, from everything that Matt Hannon who's Samurai Cop, from everything mm-hmm. that he says um, Frank sounds like a super nice guy uh-huh. uh, I haven't seen any interviews with him and then just from his interview, Matt Hannon also seems like a fairly nice Perfectly guy and he yeah. even you know, 
takes himself down mm-hmm. in talking about how mm-hmm. he acted on set, which I think is is neat too. Anyways, mm-hmm. you should just go check out that interview. It's yeah. it's really good. I'll put it on uh, our Patreon so you can go check it out. It's it's a really good fun interview. Mm-hmm. So, um, Tuna, this was your first yeah. time seeing it. Yeah, I'd never even heard of this. It wasn't until okay. after we watched what? it that I found out like, oh, the internet loves this. Like <laughs> that. I and I mean I must have heard of it. Like, but I don't know. Never registered, and then. I got to watch it with you guys, and it was fantastic. <laughs> was it actually recently discovered? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, when did they say, 2005, 2006, uh-huh. something 13, around? 2013, I think. Was it that? Oh, wow. That, 2014 think... is when that interview was, I think, yeah. that we watched. So it's been like the year and before. And the thing that he's sitting in front of in the interview says, like, recently rediscovered. Okay. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One thing about this watch was that, like, transfer was so pretty it's so clear and then when we were watching the the interview and they had the clips and like the clips were like vhs <laughs> quality, i was like whoa like it's so weird how you never see the the difference for some things and it's like i don't know i just i love that kind of thing oh yeah, yeah. oh it reminded me of uh like the thing with Manos, the Hands of Fate, where uh, what was that guy's name? Ben Solovey found the old work print of it and re- spent all that money restoring it, and it was like, oh, that transfer that was going around was just really bad quality. Like the film mm-hmm. actually looks kind of nice with certain shots. Like obviously, it's I've never seen a nicer terribly. version of it. Oh, it looks so much better. It you can borrow like, my Blu-ray if you yeah, want. Yeah, okay. It's, That's not the Mystery Science Theater version. No, no, because okay. they were using the bad transfer because right. that was all that existed, and it wasn't until like some auction of like some the stuff out of some guy's garage. Yeah, yeah. And it was this and a bunch of other because I ended up also kickstarting. Uh, I forget. It had like two different names. The Crawling Brain or something like that. Oh, mm. yeah. Um, Monstroso, I think, may have been the other name. Uh-huh. But like it was another one of those that had showed up on MST3K with a bad transfer. And it's, yeah, it's just shocking how much of a difference that makes. Mm-hmm. And also how much you can tell just by like the what the cinematography, what is actually a problem with the cinematography versus what's wrong with the transfer. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Because like, the there's a lot to talk about here. So <laughs> yeah. we haven't even cracked. I know we haven't even cracked <laughs> yeah. the surface. I want to talk a little bit about the director, just so we can get that out of the way, because I think it's important to know that Amir Shervan um, is an Iranian filmmaker. Now he actually studied theater in the United States, California. I can't remember which school, but he went to a pretty renowned school, uh, studied theater, and then when he graduated, he went back to Iran. And uh, while he was in Iran, he started his film career probably in the 1950s, I think, is when he started both acting and directing and producing things and uh, had a very good career. Like he wasn't thought of as a B-movie filmmaker. Hmm. Uh, He so he made, I don't know, close to 30 movies in Iran. And then in 1977, 78, when the Iranian Revolution happened, Hmm. um, where the monarchy was overthrown and they went to a very strict uh, Islamic system. I, th- I'm not a historian, so if somebody wants to tell me I've got this wrong, please do. Mm-hmm. I, but I, this is what I understand of it. Um, he came back to the U.S. Uh, because you couldn't make and release movies the same way. They had to go through a, a process through the government. And he came back here. He was here for probably six years before he made another movie. Then mm-hmm. he started making movies again. He made Hollywood Cop. Um which is probably his best movie that I've seen. 
then he made, I think, The Young Rebels, uh, Killing American Style, Gypsy, then Samurai Cop. And I've only seen two of those other ones. I've seen mm-hmm. Killing American Style, which is not something you would have at Fecal oh, Film Fest. Okay. That film is offensive. Okay. <laughs> but um, but it is interesting because they're all very similar American action movies. Did he write all of his own movies too? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think that is uh, the case. He had a very improv-reliant style. So uh, he was used to working with people who had not gone to film school who Mm -hmm. had, so he's working with non-actors. And so a lot of just like getting him to improv and getting him to work around a scene. Um, And then I think there was a significant language barrier. Once he got here, he struggled Mm -hmm. with that because English was his second language. Um, Then he went back to Iran and then he came back and, you know, relearning a language when you're older might be harder. I don't know. I barely manage English. (laughs) So kudos to anyone that's got two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know there are people with three or four or five, you know, that's kind of amazing. So there is a bit of a language and culture difference. And we talked about this also when we talked about canon films, because uh, Menachem Golem – also, there was a culture difference, and that's not saying something's good or bad. It's just cultures are very different, and uh, you can hear that in um, Samurai Cop's speeches. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that he's saying are like, that's not what you would say if you were here, <laughs> if you were if you were an American raised in America. Right. Like, that mm-hmm. – so it, it doesn't quite work. But again, that doesn't mean it's bad on the surface. It just means it doesn't match up. Like it's a cognitive dissonance. You're like, I don't understand (laughs) what that is that's going on. So uh, he made Samurai Cop. And I think, so judging from the interview and everything that I found out about it, I, I think he tried to get it sold and then somebody bought it in like Eastern Europe or something. But, like, there's this sense I get that it was not a finished product, really. Hmm. <laughs> and if you watch it, the color timing's all off. Oh, yeah. Like, sometimes it's daylight balance, sometimes it's tungsten, some, and, and within the same scene. Like, it's all over the map. So, in a, in a lot of respects, as we've already said, this kind of works into, like, the perfect bad movie. Because, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> everything's wrong. Like, there's not one thing in this that is right, except I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that... There's two things I can compliment. One, this is an action movie. It's trying to be an action movie. Mm-hmm. And by God, there are action sequences. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it looks like they even went back in after they were done with it and shot a bunch more action sequences. A bunch more. Just so that there would be more. Yeah. Like, I, thank you. Like, <laughs> as, as, a, yeah. as an audience member, if I'm going to see an action movie, like one of the worst things a, a movie can do is be boring. Uh-huh. Um, that's one of the problems with Batman Superman. Like Batman versus Superman, nothing happens for so much of that overblown movie. Yeah. Don't get me started, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Like it, but it's there's and there's so much they try to do here. It's not done well. He can't. Samurai Cop can't do anything without getting attacked by right? numerous <laughs> gang members. And they're trying inventive things, and he's trying, like he's trying to do stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's not good. But I appreciate the fact that the guy falls out of the car and then Samurai Cop accidentally runs over him. Like, that's <laughs> funny. And and at the same time, like, that was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh-huh. like, where that mm-hmm. happens. And, you know, when you have somebody who knows how to shoot it and has the money to also make it look right, it's it's funny in a different way. Right. But so there's that. I'll say that, like, he tried to have lots of action, lots of fights, gunfights, yeah. fist fights. Like, he tried. I'd say the biggest pitfall of a bad, of a good, bad movie is that, like, the boring, inevitable boring stretch. Right. And this movie doesn't necessarily have that. Was anybody stretch. bored? 
No. No. Yeah, no. I was not bored. Yeah. Um, and this is probably the third or fourth time I've seen it. Yeah. Um, and I was not bored. No. Um, and the second thing I'll compliment is I think there were three actors who were actually like decent and and did a, and did what they could do. And that's the police chief mm-hmm. and Robert Zadar, mm-hmm. who definitely seems like an actual person who's been in stuff before and just belongs. Yes. Who yeah. <laughs> belongs in front of camera yeah. and Gerald Akamira. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think those three people like they, they were trying, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- th- you know, there's a lot bad to talk about here, but I wanted to put that out there that I, there are two elements there that I thought like, Hey, good try. You know, (laughs) but okay. So this is the first time you saw it. Yeah. How did you, what, what did you think? (laughs) This was amazing. I love it. (laughs) It's like what you're saying is it's the perfect bad movie. Like I think literally the only thing it might've been missing was a boom dipping into frame. Oh, there was no boom. There was no boom. No, but there were like, and the camera was like panned real high. Oh yeah. The framing was Oh yeah. The framing was all over the place. There were definitely parts where it's like. Pro- maybe not cue cards as much, but like definitely <laughs> not knowing lines very well. There were like, oh, there are a few dropped lines that yeah. Oh yeah, Just by like, one of the good actors, the chief of police had a couple. Yeah. Of them, God, bring out these damn Jap- J- Japanese katana guys! <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, just like I, uh, it's uh, I just enjoyed it so much. It's it's I think we've had this conversation. I can't. Yeah, we've had this conversation on the podcast before and also outside of it where, like, the difference between something being good and being something that I like and, like, I recognize that this film is not good in the sense that I feel like the director had a vision and did not really know how to execute it. Mm -hmm. So he was not successful, but it's so fun in all of its failings that I'm just so on board with it. Like, I like it a lot. Sam, what was your feeling watching it this time? Uh, I mean, basically the same thing. <laughs> the first time I watched it, I think, I think watching it with the better transfer honestly makes it way funnier because you can see, oh, yeah. you just notice more stuff like the curtain. There's a curtain in the background that's hung up just by push pins. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh yeah, I, I Rachel, Rachel had an eye for like, this kind of stuff. The curtain yeah. has push pins in it. What the heck? People's furniture is just is just like telephone books. And yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Also <laughs> right. something I pointed out. Yeah. yeah. And it's just You're so stealing clear. all my my point Sorry. outs. <laughs> and it's just so clear that like every scene was filmed in like four different places and cobbled together. And then one of which was Grandma's house. One of which was Grandma's house. <laughs> which is also a huge like mansion or something. Uh, But the one thing that jumped out of me this time, which I thought was like the most delightful thing that I didn't notice the first time is there's a part in the movie where it seems like they get confused about what they're supposed to be doing. So then Samurai (laughs) Cop goes to like a place where they develop film and watches a scene from the movie so that he knows what the next thing he's supposed to do is. And then he gets attacked by thugs. That is legitimately one of the most confusing things I've ever seen yeah. in my life. I don't know why that <laughs> right. scene is in there. Well, there's a scene where people say that they're going to break his legs. Yes. And then he beats him up. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to this place and watches a movie of the gang guy. Somehow they got a movie of the leader of the Katana gang saying that he's going to hire people to break Samurai Cop's legs. But there's no reason that they couldn't just put that scene in before he says that we're going <laughs> to hire, before the people go to break his legs. They did. 
No, they put it in after. He sees the he sees oh, the movie. Oh God! Of the okay. Gang boss saying we're gonna hire someone to break his legs. Oh my God! Amir Sherevan was trying to be really sophisticated. Maybe <laughs> or maybe that was his way to sneak another another action scene in. Because oh, while I think he's that's watching true. that, yeah, then he gets attacked again. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's just delightful. <laughs> delightful. And watching the yeah. interview actually did a lot too, because now I want to watch it again. And right. like in the interview, he mentioned that there that almost every close up shot was shot in the same place which was Amir against Shervan's the same office. background like yeah. against the same corner mm-hmm. so every time there's a, a close-up it's just like the same door frame and the same corner of this building no matter where they are yep. what it looks like <laughs> yeah. and the reaction shots were just like done months and months after the rest of the movie and he wouldn't tell them what they were reacting to nope. so it's just like it's a rich tapestry and the more you learn about it the more you can appreciate all it's this. got yeah. it's got layers and those like really does. i love those little touches and the interview on red letter media is perfect for yeah. that compliment because it's all the things you're thinking during the movie like did they do it that way like why would they do and then he's they like did. yeah yeah we did it that <laughs> yeah, way and you're like did do oh, it that way. like I wasn't sure I thought maybe I was making a joke yeah. but I guess I wasn't all the dubbed voices were done by just Frank I think basically yep. just doing different like <laughs> hey stop right there and then the other delightful thing was when we start, when it started, you said it was like Double Dragon Tuna. And then the whole time I was just thinking like the music sounds like an NES game. It People's does. voices yeah. sound like sampled NES game. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like a perfect little time capsule. Yoga. <laughs> I'm a Street Fighter guy. <laughs> so some people, I feel like some people are Mortal Kombat people. Yeah. I'm a Street Fighter person. Street Fighter had way better voice samples. Oh, it and did. music. And just, I think, just like fluidity of uh-huh. fighting. It was yeah. way more fun. Anyway. <laughs> Hadouken! Anyway. Rachel. <laughs> So you didn't sleep through it this time. I did not. <laughs> so what was your experience? I actually, oh, I was, it was like right after work and I was a little bit tired. We were all tired. It was hot by the time we were done. I did, <laughs> I did close my eyes for like a minute. <laughs> 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 I, it was more like, and you can't see this person listening. It was more like, like. Rubbing your rubbing eyes. Rubbing my eyes because I'm like, Rachel, wake up. You have to watch this. <laughs> Um, I honestly don't know how to talk about this movie because it's so middle of the road in, it's like at the fork of like being, it's like perfectly in the middle of being like endearing, so badly endearing, but like not really offensive or gross or absurdly bad like there are parts that are bad but it's like well like if it was filmed normal i guess <laughs> <laughs> like but but, but it was like cobbled together and that's what makes it like i feel like if you were to take a take away the the fact that they aren't a-list actors. If you were to take away the wig, if you were to take away, we'll have to talk about the wig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The like wig. if you were to take away, um, I don't know. Like I feel like those are like, or, or like the cobbledness together. Yeah. Then like if you were to take away like, the bad editing, if yeah. you did like a pass of this movie where it was made more competently, it would be like a good, almost like a normal movie. Or yeah. What? Okay. Yeah, it would be huh. like a movie. Okay. And I feel like I think that's that would make so it worse. Hard to co- yeah. Like yeah, then it would just be and bland. it's so hard to like talk in the context of like this movie was bad 
kind of thing. Yeah. Hang on mm-hmm. one second. My dad just texted me, and I'm going to share this with the whole podcast, oh, no. that he just got a plant holder that is baby Groot. <laughs> oh, my nice. God. Oh, it's very cute. It's very cute. <laughs> and he is very proud of it. Parents, Whoa, parents, parents love, love Groot. Groot, <laughs> Groot is, their, is every I'm, parent's yeah. favorite Marvel character. My oh. mom has a little button. Like, it's actually not a little. It's a giant button. <laughs> Of Groot, baby Groot. Yeah, my mom talks about Groot all the time. My dad doesn't care for Groot, but... (laughs) My dad obviously cares for Groot. My mom... (laughs) The Guardians movies are the only movie she really likes. Yeah. Um, She doesn't... uh, Marvel. Like, she she doesn't really care for the Iron Man stuff. She doesn't care for... She she liked Infinity War because the Guardians were in it. (laughs) Yeah, because Groot's there. Yeah. If you ask any, any parent over the age of, like, 55 to name a Marvel character, I think almost... 90% 90% of them would say Groot first, yeah. I bet. I love that he texted you. I know. That's <laughs> adorable. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of go back to that. I think it would, one, it would make it worse. And it is, you're right in that it's that fork. It's like right on the edge. Like if any one of these things might have been better, it's not, it's not Samurai Cop anymore. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, because it's like Samurai Cop is by definition a part it's more than the sum of its parts yes Mm -hmm. or like if you were to say samurai cop (laughs) you would think the bad parts and not like so much the plot or anything like that you watch it for its hilarity and Mm -hmm. it's like trip ups and stuff because it's funny and that in itself in its own cosmos is like a meta weird it's like you can't write this and you can't like no you just captured it yeah Yeah, you captured it and like that in itself is almost art to me i agree with that i i think that's in a weird way that's that can be very much true yeah and like more so than like there are movies made out of like made of the room and stuff yeah like i think that this is more interesting than the room in a sense. I would put them together. I think The Room and Samurai Cop are very similar things. Mm-hmm. I think pe- like people are more mystified by the person Tommy Wiseau yes, than so that. much the movie. So, and that's why I feel like, to me, they're different. They're, they live in separate pods. Well, they do. They're also very different. Like, so s- talking about like the ineptitude of Samurai Cop, that's not really present in The Room. Like, mm-hmm. one of the weird things about The Room is it looks like a movie. Like, it's yeah. shot well um, because he hired people to do it. You yeah, know, right. the, the thing about The Room is, like, this bizarre character, this bizarre world that he lives in. And it's not so much that there are mistakes in it. And there are bloopers and there are missed lines. It's just so bizarre. So it's inter- it's entertaining in a different way than mm-hmm. Samurai Cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Samurai Cop. I want to, you know, I, I well, the room, I, you're right. I want to find out more about Tommy. I was mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Samurai Cop makes sense. Yes. Like, I, the, it's somebody who tried to make a movie and didn't do a good job. Yeah. And this is the result. And it's kind of amazing that it's been preserved. Yeah. Yeah. But. So beautifully. Right. Like that, that transfer just, is amazing. I've been thinking about it, like, ever since, like, man, 
<laughs> so crisp. Well, and also, it shocked me into realizing that it was shot on 35 millimeter. Yeah. Because, like, I thought for sure it was on 16. Because there's no way you would shoot this on 35. And then we're watching, I'm like, going, there is no grain uh, here. This yeah. is, like, beautifully shot. You can see every detail of those yeah. nipples. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, so I was very impressed mm-hmm. with that. And, yeah, I I agree. It's a, it is also a weird movie, though. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's a weird thing to exist mm-hmm. in yeah. the world. But let's talk about the wig. <laughs> so the wig. So this is something I'm going to this is like before before Henry Cavill's mustache, before um invisible woman's wig in Fantastic. Uh, the, there was Matt Hannon's wig in Samurai Cop. But it's <laughs> the same thing. It's happened now in like big movies and tiny movies and it happens <laughs> and it's fascinating people get to haircuts people get to. haircuts oh, yeah. and they they have to they're not getting paid real well for this yeah. you know mm-hmm. so what happens is uh as if you watch the interview uh, matt hannon talks about it but it's really just like he cut his hair because he thought the film was done because he was told the film he was, was told done. the film was done <laughs> yeah. and then he went back to get his check or the videotape he went back to get the tape yeah. i yeah. think his, yeah. re- his, his reel <laughs> for his reel and uh, Amir just had a meltdown because he was like, ah, you've ruined my film. Oh, no. And he's like, what are you talking about? They had to shoot more yeah. after he had cut his hair. A lot more. A it seemed lot like... more, man. There, I would say almost like, what, 50%? I want to say 25%. 25%. At yeah. least every scene in the movie has a shot of him in the wig. Okay. So they went yeah. back through and inserted a lot of stuff. They did. Yeah, because the... that's... Th- that's when they did a lot of the inserts, right? Mm-hmm. Or the close-ups? Right. Yeah, every close-up yeah. is him in that wig and that baseball hat. <laughs> yeah. I really want to see what he looks like with, like, with his short with the, hair. With his short hair. Yeah. Right, because now he's got yeah. long hair again. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He has majestic hair, like, let's be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. that is some, real good. He is, there is a man who has taken care of himself. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. This dude could front a metal band. He really sure. could, uh-huh. actually. Yeah. yeah, he he could. He um uh, he you looked like so? he needed some conditioner. Oh yeah, but he's wow. got he's his yeah, whole I mean, he's like, got his body's amazing though. I guess yeah. <laughs> conditioner, guess? my man. <laughs> <laughs> See, because that shampoo with conditioner is a lie. Uh-oh. Yes, because it, it just washes right out. Uh, That's some bullshit. Oh no, you guys, I gotta go make some phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so yeah, there are scenes in this movie, fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> close-ups like it, it is the wig falls off at one point it <laughs> falls off in the so middle good. of a fight <laughs> and again only one take uh-huh. but it's weird because even Matt Hannon pointed this out like you figure you'd cut just a few frames earlier because right. you don't need that <laughs> and almost none of the wig scenes not almost none but a good handful of them are completely unnecessary yes <laughs> especially the close-up ones yes where, yeah. absolutely um, uh, yeah, I, it was, but it is again, so delightful because his first shot, the very first shot, again, we're going to justice league was <laughs> justice league, a weird sort it's of samurai cop, like it's the same thing calling back to samurai cop <laughs> yeah. because the very first shot of samurai cop, he's wearing the wig with a terrible hat. Uh-huh. And I can't remember who said it. If it was tuna or Rachel, it looked like the wig had been sewn into the hat. Oh, yeah. 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 Cause I've tuna. done that before. Like, Cause I thought it was funny to just have like a hat with a wig that I could show or up. Or even places. more so like it didn't look like there's a top. 
of yeah, the wig right. and just, like the hats. <laughs> you know, like those, oh, those like uh, bandanas with the Guy Fieri hair. Yeah. I've never heard of those, but I'm definitely buying one. Now I want one. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's, a visor with the hair sticking it's like out. A, you yeah, never it's seen like this a visor before? and then it has this. like uh, the this hair. Is magic. Oh my never, gosh. Yeah, thank you for this. introducing <laughs> me to this concept. I'll tweet it at you. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you I so appreciate much. that. Uh, I think that he had, I think there was a wig shoot and then even after that, there was another wig with a hat shoot. Because I think those are, to me, those look like different wigs. No, he said they're this, not. This is what I bet. That was their first shot with it. With the wig. And then it got flatter and flatter as. <laughs> so the, the hat was on it in the, f- the first time they used it? They so had that was like brand new wig right oh, out of the bag or okay. whatever. And then put the hat on, more like place the hat on his head. <laughs> 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 and then that's why I think it's so poofy, that first shot. Oh. And then like it kind of like gets like a little bit flatter and uh-huh. worn and like. With the humidity this? and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did they shoot this movie in. Order, because it does. No, probably well, I probably so. shot the the wig parts. The wig parts. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was also like he had to get locations, and whatever location he could get, that's the scene they would shoot or mm-hmm. reshoot. Yeah. So yeah, I, it, it's it's amazing to me um, that that wig is in there. But like it, it's it's interesting because it's like it's it's not as obvious in fan fantastic. Um, uh-huh. But it is like if you're looking for it, you can see when Kate Mara, when it's her normal hair and when it's not her normal hair. Yeah. Like you can tell. And it, it, with that one, I always wondered, why didn't they just do a thing where like when she uses her power that makes her hair do that or something uh-huh. like why, why not? You know, something. I don't know. But regardless, like so it's there. Big budget movie. Somebody cuts their hair. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do. And then again, you know, you have the fucking mustache. So it's the opposite. They had hair he didn't want. <laughs> but it's so weird oh, to yeah. me. He had a mustache. I forgot. Yeah, he had they a, a mustache. Cover up a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> they covered up a mustache <laughs> with a CGI lip. Yep. And it is <laughs> very creepy. It's so weird. <laughs> and I would say both of those are less acceptable than Samurai Cop. Uh-huh. Samurai Cop, low budget movie, doing the best he can. Yeah. And he is trying to pay people. Like he he isn't just like getting people out there and and not paying them. Like Matt Hannon got paid for his time. Mm-hmm. Like all of these people he's trying to pay them. It's one of the reasons the movie took so long is he kept running out of money. Mm-hmm. So like I'm like I, I forgive it more in this mm-hmm. than I do in that fan four sticks is a bunch of bullshit. There's no reason a $180 million movie should have that level of crap. Well, when your director is self-destructing or something, isn't that what was going on? Um, that was part of it. There was also like, there was that element to it. And then there was the element of, they just didn't like the direction. Yeah. They didn't like the story he was telling. Right. So they reshot a lot of it. And if you go back to the trailers mm-hmm. and watch the trailers, you can see and have ideas about where that movie was going. Uh-huh. Uh, that it just they just never did, and so that way that because of that the movie feels truncated and it feels mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of story being told, mm-hmm. and because most of the story was excised. Oh right, because there's like a whole thing subplot where yeah. he's like doing black ops or something that didn't end up in the movie. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so it, it, you know studio interference <laughs> and and your director is apparently having a mental breakdown and, yeah. and being violent towards people yeah. and both of those are good enough reasons to get you fired studio interference was not a problem with samurai cop no <laughs> there was no studio it was just Amir Shervan doing yeah. doing Wait, his thing which movie are you t- I thought you were talking about samurai cop that no time. fantastic four. <laughs> oh, okay. fantastic four 
new, new one. Fan four, four stick. stick. Yeah. Fan four stick. It has a four shoved into the middle of it. Uh, it's fantastic. Right. Then you have to go back to the middle and read the four. Yeah. Like <laughs> K, K dollar sign ha. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> or exactly. a seven with the, the seven with instead the seven. of the V. Right. Okay. Uh, that was I like the that. first one I think I ever saw and thought it was really cool. So and then everybody started everybody doing it. Everybody thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and they started doing it. Um, seven is really cool, though. You want to see like an impeccably well-made movie? Yeah. Fucking A, man. Jesus, that oh, movie yeah. is so well made. <laughs> I, I think the more bad movies I watch, the more I really do appreciate the, the just minute detail of high quality films. Mm-hmm. And Seven is right at the top of the list. Like yeah. right down to the chemical process used in the <laughs> film. Holy God. Anyway. Oh, okay. I want to know more about that, but I'll ask you later. I'll talk your ear off about <laughs> okay. it sometime. It's incredible. I did a whole uh, like uh talk on seven in uh college uh-huh. when i was in graphic oh, okay. design uh school because i was we were talking about production design as it relates to graphic design and how they're basically the same in terms of uh, thought process hmm. um and so i did it and i just fell over and over head over heels in love with that movie over hmm. and over again nice. so do you think at the end of this movie samurai cop really had to turn his badge in that's a good question so there's a scene where the chief of police Frank and Samurai Cop. What's Samurai Cop's name? I can't remember. Joe. 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 They call him. Joe Samurai. They call him <laughs> yeah. Samurai. Yeah. For some reason, we don't really ever know. He knows how to use a samurai sword, I guess. Oh, no, he trained with the best karate, J- Japanese master. Yes, That's yeah. he did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's a scene where those three are getting, well, the, the chief police is chewing him out again. And then finally, at the end of it, he says, but I don't care. We're all going to turn in our badges and we're just going to go kill those motherfuckers. Yeah, he basically says, the movie needs to end now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the movie needs to end, and we're all going to turn in our badges, and let's just go out in a blaze of glory. Is is sort of his plan? Yeah. Although he's not there, he doesn't go with. Yeah, him. that's sort of like the last time we see him, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah. it is a good question. Does he turn in his badge? I bet he doesn't. Yeah. I bet he. Doesn't. I bet they give him yeah. the key to the city. I bet he does see them in hell, though, because he <laughs> keeps saying that a lot. Yeah, they all get the key to the city, yeah. and then they all see them in hell. Yeah. And they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> kind of. They have sex on a rock. They do. Yeah. That I, does sound like hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they died. <laughs> it's so funny. Like when, when I was a teenager and you'd watch stuff like that, you'd be like, oh, it's so sexy and everything. Then you get to be an adult and you're like, that looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't even fit in a car anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I want to like, have a nice bed, air conditioner. Like, I don't want mm-hmm. This all seems miserable. There's sand. There's sand everywhere. There's sand everywhere. It gets everywhere. Yeah. I don't... My joints. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> like, there's going to be. Can't be on rocks. There's going to be Band-Aids in the sand. I don't oh, want. No. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Oh, Thanks. See, I... Nicholas. Oh, no. See, it's just funny to me that we, we make that jump at some point. <laughs> and yet the, still the adults are putting it in the movie. Well, it's like a lot of the sex in this movie does happen in very disturbingly normal looking beds. Like, Well, to be fair, all of the sex scenes in this movie look like they were written by somebody who had never actually had sex. Um, they were like, yeah. just sort of like, just <laughs> sort of like lay around and wiggle against each other. <laughs> it was, there was, especially uh, once Samurai Cop has sex with the the... Jennifer. I, Jennifer, thank you. Is she the lady who runs the restaurant? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the owner of the restaurant. Uh, that was the one where I was watching and going, what are they doing? <laughs> they're just sort of like <laughs> rubbing up on each other. and But but they're right. both wearing underwear. 
wore bikini bottoms. Yeah. That was the other great thing. They were that he wore matching bikini bottoms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Samurai Cop always had the tiniest underwear possible. But basically. then again, so did <laughs> yeah. so did Gerald Akamira. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh no, he did. Yeah. yeah. Which he doesn't dive through the window in his underwear, right? No, he gets he dressed in like on. five seconds. Yeah. He, yeah. he runs into a room and then he comes out with fully dressed. <laughs> yeah, right. Like how when uh, at the end when Samurai Cop was like, we have to get ready. And then he walks out and his head, he's like, sure, is perfectly tucked in. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's a death squad in his house. Yeah, yeah. death squad's yeah. coming. Oh, God, right. And she's in that <laughs> really great dress. But like you wouldn't. Like, you just put on a t-shirt and some shorts and run. Yeah, run from the death squad. But he's even got, I think, his bomber jacket on. Like, he's... he's That's he's, a cool bomber jacket. It is a cool he's bomber He's a cool jacket. guy. I mean, <laughs> kind of. He hits on... I think on he's a cool guy. Everyone. Well, yeah. Just everyone. <laughs> that The nurse... He kills chickens. He, he kills chickens. <laughs> he is two-timing his girlfriend. He's two-timing the, the, the police... The cop, the, the caller. The, the helicopter pilot. Yeah. Um, yeah, they call her Lady Cop. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they ever say her name. They do. They call her her name, the Lady, the lady Cop. Peggy? <laughs> Peggy. Peggy, I think Peggy oh, the God. Lady Cop. Yeah. Uh, well, but then she's like, she wanted to have sex with that other cop. Yeah, they have an open thing going on. I think that was a joke. On. Right. Yeah. Maybe. It's, it's so hard to tell. <laughs> That's the thing. It's hard to tell. <laughs> like, I didn't think about that, but you, it's, you're probably right. Like, she, she does actually. She, she the does, way that she looks at him was like, <laughs> you want <are> fuck <laughs> but then when Frank says he's gonna get his penis cut off she's like we better use it one more time before you do it so she's just samurai cop but a lady she's yeah. samurai lady cop they're a good oh, couple man. Oh, man, how I, come she didn't like I would have rather watched yeah. that movie yeah I think their relationship was open I think right. so too they never yeah. he'd only been there for said. a week oh also. that's true yeah. that's a very good point it wasn't an yeah. older relationship that's a, I forgot about that. That right. is a very good point. Jennifer was true love material, though. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It was that. It. it was that lion head. We got to talk about <laughs> yeah, the lion the head. Lion head. Oh boy. So I really yeah. want to know where that is. You <laughs> do. Where Where did it come from? Like what? Who? It looks like a cake. It looks like something that like I would have made in like middle school <laughs> yeah with like yarn for the yeah hair. it had yarn so what we're t- tell people what we're talking it's about it's like a lion's head mounted <laughs> like on a, a wall a, like a, mounted, a, a head mount kind of thing right but it's a lion's head and the mane is extraordinary <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. just a bunch of yarn it's just a bunch of yarn yeah. but it's so like the room that it's filmed in like that that scene is filmed in is so Minimal is so white and bare. bare, and then there's the lion. This huge, more than human head size lion hanging yeah, on the wall. Yeah, it's like three of my heads. Yeah, and and for some reason, he Amir or whoever's or the cinematographer. Yeah, the cinematographer yeah. decides to really, uh, fo- really like compose the shots around this yep. lion. And like at one point there the scene it's like off centered because the lion has to be in it. <laughs> and then like she the one of the characters walks is like uh walking around and then stops uh to lean on the wall, but the lion is also on the wall and it's like hit it's like taking up more of the screen than she is. Yes. <laughs> so it's just oh great. I took a picture of it. It's in my phone forever. <laughs> so good. <laughs> 
It is good. And it's, it's amazing because it reminds me a lot of uh, learning about this stuff in film school. It reminds me of thinking about production design and mm-hmm. what's behind the characters mm-hmm. and what's going on. So it's not just a blank wall, right? But <laughs> the the framing is so weird that it would like the the lion is what's in frame and and like if this was a Kubrick movie, mm-hmm. you'd be going, okay, well, what does that mean? Yes, yeah. <laughs> But this isn't a Kubrick. This is not. Film. It was just yeah. in that lady's house. Yeah, like for real. Yep. For real. For real. <laughs> yeah. Well, it feels like they filmed it in somebody's house, and that the person whose house it was was standing there with them, and they were like, "That lion head's pretty cool. You gotta get the lion head in this shot." <laughs> like, no, no, get over there, stand by the lion head. Like, if you filmed something at your parents' house and they had something they were really proud of, like and they your, just... it's like, oh, maybe it's the grandma. It's like. The grandma's house, and it was her middle school grandchild's project, and he was. She was like, "Eh, eh." Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he can get into production design. Eh? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It's so, and like the expression on that lion's face <laughs> is like, "Hey guys, hello. what's going on?" <laughs> it is. It's very much just like, "Hello, <laughs> I'm a lion." It's perfect. I it's, love it. But it's things like that that make mm-hmm. this movie just add to the layers in this movie. Uh-huh. You have that. You have the weird swimsuits that he keeps wearing. Like it's it's bizarre to me because one of the things like Joe Joe Samurai. <laughs> he's like supposed to be good at, like if you look at him and compare him to Riggs from Lethal Weapon which is I think the one to one thing that w- that mm-hmm. Amir was trying to do uh-huh. um, you like Riggs is supposed to be like really good at martial arts he's a really good shot and everything but he's also kind of an everyman mm-hmm. like there's no, he doesn't dress super weird he doesn't you know he doesn't dress like a model he just looks like a dude mm-hmm. um, which you know it's Mel Gibson so he's a very mm-hmm. good looking dude but still just a dude right um, and that is not what's happening with Joe Samurai. Joe Samurai looks like he's they're trying to pass him off as kind of a model. Yeah. He lives in a house by the beach. Yeah. With a private beach and a swimming pool. Right. Riggs lived in a trailer uh-huh. at the beach, you know, <laughs> with a dog. Yeah. You know, like that. And that's the thing that's missing, I think, from this. But at the same time, I don't want it to be there mm-hmm. for right. this. We don't need to know more yeah. about Samurai Cop than we know. No. <laughs> All the time they would have spent on stuff like that got spent on mullets instead. Yeah. Because oh, that's like... Man. There were so many mullets. Yeah, I would say more than half of the cast had mullets. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think they came with the mullet. <laughs> <laughs> like just showed up and were like... Yeah. 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 I can picture that. Like, oh, yeah. The yeah. way that um, he explained... What's his name? Who's the actor? Matt Hanna. I, the way that he explained the wig, they're like, there's no makeup or hair on oh, yeah. on set. <laughs> no. And they would just pick up the wig, dust it off, and put it back on my head. So, like, there was nobody being <laughs> like, I'm going to cut these mu- mullets on you. Like, right. these guys just showed up. <laughs> I mean, and that's uh, – I have two things to say to that. One – you can tell even in the non-wig stuff, so the original shoot, they didn't really have makeup. You could probably mm-hmm. tell that the women did their own makeup mm-hmm. on that day, probably did their own hair and makeup, um, which is not uncommon on low-budget yeah. um, stuff. And But usually you have someone to at least sort of make sure everybody looks 
the same, you know? <laughs> um, but you can tell there was nothing on Matt Hannon's skin. Like that's, you can see normal human blotchy skin. It looks like a normal human being, but on film, whoa. There's a few shots where some people are extremely sweaty. Oh man. Uncomfortably sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mostly that, uh, that one thug with the amazing mullet and comb over combination. Oh, with the the monobrow fellow. Yeah, he yeah. looked like. Oh my! What did you call him? Dracula's something. I. <laughs> oh, what did I call him? Something somebody, Dracula and somebody mixed with Dracula, wasn't it? Shoot. Nerd Dracula or something. I don't remember, but yeah, he was very sweaty and greasy. Joe's very sweaty, or not? Frank's Frank. very sweaty a couple times. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you're shooting in the summer in Los Angeles. They don't have squibs. They are shooting paintballs at people. (laughs) (laughs) Red paintballs at (laughs) men in T-shirts. And yet they lit a guy on fucking fire (laughs) and asked freaking Matt Hannon and Frank to put him out. To actually put him out. They didn't have like EMTs or anything. (laughs) He said he lifted the blanket up and it was still on On fire. fire. Just in case you want to make a film, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another side Bill Ted plot. Uh, uh, <laughs> in college, I wrote, I had to, I took this um, course on uh, Irish mythology. Was it that? Yeah, I can't remember the real word for it though. Gaelic. Celtic. Celtic oh. uh, mythology. And then I had to rewrite a story of Cucullin. Yeah, Cucullin. I and don't know who that is. Anyway. He's a folk hero. It's just like an yeah. Irish folk hero. And I rewrote it in the in the tense of Bill and Ted, in the sense of Bill and Ted. <laughs> so wow. they went back and got they him, They went right? in, back in time and got him. It was good. <laughs> I love Bill and Ted. <laughs> I mean, what's not to love? Yeah. Bill and Ted's bogus journey is one of the most d- d- just delightful I've Weird. also mentioned it multiple <laughs> yeah. times. Yeah, it's time. great. Oh, yeah. That was definitely my real good for some episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think we've all done a Bill and Ted's at some point. <laughs> when anyway. they take their faces off, that's one of my earliest, not my earliest memories, but one of my earliest movie memories is when Evil Bill and Evil Ted take their faces off. Oh, yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Dude, that bunny that's in that one, too, yeah. scared the crap out of me. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway. We digress again. Oh, yeah. My bad. Okay, well, then instead of talking about Bill and Ted, let's talk about how we would fix this thing. I'm going to start. You don't. This thing is perfect. I would not touch it. I think this exists much like Manos. That, like, this is something that I honestly would love young filmmakers to see, to to talk, to think about editing and think about how the editing, why does the editing not work in this movie? Hmm. I think it has tremendous value in that way. Like, yeah, you can laugh at it and it's bad. And I do, it is bad (laughs) and I do laugh at it. But at the same time, I think there are valuable things to be taken away from this. And one of them is the editing. How many times when they would make a cut, usually to a person's ass, um, (laughs) that I would just be like, ah, when we were watching it, it's like they don't know. Amir didn't know how to get from scene to scene. There was an ass-to-ass mm-hmm. match cut. There was. <laughs> there was an ass-to-ass match cut. And so it's. I think there's value here. I could be wrong, but I, I think it's a wonderful artifact to have preserved. And I wouldn't I wouldn't mm-hmm. touch it. Tuna, what do you think? That I was, I was thinking that that was going to be my fix. But then I thought that's like, I knew somebody else was going to do that. So I figured I'd had to come up with something. <laughs> so I would cut the nude scenes in half, basically, That's, just yes. by length. Oh, yeah. Just because it's like, there's not, like, you can laugh at them, and then it's just sort of like, all right, now we're just watching people be awkward for a while. Which is like, it still works. I'd still show people this movie, but 
I propose that you cut all of those scenes in half and just fill that time that you took out with more of Frank because he was my favorite part of this movie. Frank is great. Frank is the best character. In the interview on Red Letter Media, they talked about how, uh, or when we started watching it, they just would randomly cut to reaction shots of him. Mm -hmm. And it was, in my mind, it was very clear that these were things that after the scene was over, they just like put a camera on him and just like give him direction and like, yeah, shake your head. Yes. <laughs> and like, by give him direction, yeah. they were just like, okay, now laugh. Right. And I'm like, oh, this happened. And then in the interview, it was revealed that not only was that how they did it, but it wasn't even like right after the scene was over. It was the like year later when they were doing the pickup <laughs> shots. So it's like, not only did he not have the context for the scene where these were going to be in the scene, he just didn't even know which scene it was. <laughs> and I just wanted more of those. Those were some of my favorite parts. Well, Rachel, what do you think then? How would you fix it? Well, I was also on the like, don't do like anything to it side just because it's like such a specimen (laughs) Um, but if I were to fix it I would maybe I don't know I think I would scrap the story altogether because at the end not scrap the story but just like make a story because there is really no story yeah and like because like we don't really know why he was fighting the bad guys and i also feel like we do know that but that's all we know what what was it for because he's a cop he was brought in special to fight them well why because they told us that's it. Because they're bad guys. <laughs> yeah, that's, but what do they do? That's like, it. It's like, drugs, the, it's like they... the Empire in Star Wars. Yes. Like You don't know what really they're doing bad until they get to Alderaan. Like then, yeah. no, okay, well, now they've done something. But before that, we're just sort of told the Empire's bad. Yeah, the yeah. Rebellion's fighting against <clears throat> it. And that's sort of the same thing here. Yeah, there's but there's really less of it. Alderaan. No, there was no. Dr- a... I think they're drug dealers, right? Yeah. I He's think like, so. Uh, they're death merchants. Yeah. So I think they're... There's a scene at the end when he's fighting uh, Zar. Robert Robert Zadar. Zadar. With the katana. Mm -hmm. Like the first Mm -hmm. time he is an actual quote unquote samurai. (laughs) And then he's about to um, like cut off his head. Uh, Samurai cop is about to cut off his head. And Frank goes, don't, you're a cop kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And I think... That if they were to really riff on that storyline, it would be really interesting because they wouldn't really need to be about like this bad guy is a drug dealer. This bad guy is a blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it would be more about how they are bad cops. (laughs) Like, not bad cops in the sense that like, oh, they're goofy and they're bad at their jobs. Bad cops in the sense that, like, they go into this uh, bad guy den and then shoots everyone. Right. Or, like, they believe that they are above the law. And so I think that that would have been more interesting of a storyline to implement. Sure. And bring it. And, like, really, like, I don't really know what to... Do like should I like Joe? Should I not like Joe? <laughs> I think that that storyline would really put an opinion on these characters. 
allow you to either identify or not identify with them. Yes. Because, yeah, they are just sort of like cop must be good because cop. Right. right. Cop's good as long as he's shooting people, but not good if he's going to kill somebody with a samurai sword. Right. <laughs> There's certain types of murder that are fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Sam, what do you think? Uh, so do you want like an exploration of what it means to be either a samurai or a cop? Is that <laughs> what you're saying? Because uh... that might be kind of cool. You'd have to recast him as an actual Japanese person, I think. Which yes. is my problem with trying to fix this movie at all. I think if you try to make it any more serious or real, then you get into the territory. Because you're already in the territory of like, this dude's a samurai, but he's a white dude killing a bunch of Japanese people. Yeah. Yes. If mm. you poke that even a little bit more, suddenly it is like hugely offensive and would not age well. I mean, as it didn't age well anyway, but... But, it just aged. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it just aged like we all do. And yes, that <laughs> very is, few of us age well. That's like <laughs> yeah. part of my fix is that like maybe maybe you add the fact that he like every time he uh, does kill someone, it's like ceremoniously, uh, yeah. like with his sword or like something. becomes it even felt like they were going for this Highlander thing. Like the way it was framed and everything, it felt like there can be only one before he did it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, something, some ceremony or something that, yeah. Because that is maybe the one line where it's genuinely interesting is when he says, don't hear a cop. Right. Because all of a sudden it remembers that the movie is called Samurai Cop. <laughs> yeah. And that is what triggered like, whoa, this movie could have been like some, like it could have been about something. An exploration of what it means to go for justice and yeah hmm. i wouldn't i don't think you can really fix it i think yeah, you can't touch any you. of it without without messing it all up um it's a very delicate yeah. woven oh yeah. except you could probably sweater. get rid of the horrible part there is one very uncomfortable part where they're burning his uh helicopter girlfriend's stomach with oil that maybe i could do without that part or maybe after they do that she shows up in the movie again at some point that would have she, been nice. She's yeah. treated very poorly. Not necessarily at the beginning, maybe. That's but... true. That one didn't stick with me as much because it's very clearly water and also <laughs> yeah, not steaming not at steaming all. Not steaming at all. Yeah, hot. So. She'd just gotten it out of the freezer, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, right, so maybe yeah. she was pretending like it hurt <laughs> yeah. just so they would leave her alone. Or maybe she's just really sensitive to cold. Could be, yeah. Yeah, um, Ooh, maybe... yeah I don't want cold water dripped on my belly. Uh, maybe it was acid. Listen. Yeah, she's, oh. she's cooking her, acid. Yeah, her pan. So maybe get as if, we all do. Yeah. If you're gonna excise anything, maybe get rid of that part. But otherwise, I think and the, the whole Costa thing, Rican guy. And uh, I don't know the Costa Rican guy. No, get rid of it. <laughs> okay, if Rachel says get rid of it. I guess that's fine too. Uh, mostly leave it alone though. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at this point, we each need to rate this thing, and each of us has our own rating system. I will go first. My rating system is which Star Wars movie is this? Now, the this is not saying the quality of the movie is the same, but it is a similar experience in that I think I'm going to call this Solo a Star Wars story. Hmm. The reason I'm saying that is because I had a similar experience watching it. Um, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But I was also perturbed at like how much was going on. Like Solo, a Star Wars story tried to tell 15 stories. Yeah. And that has always pissed me off because it's like you had a bunch of stories you could have told. And instead you chose to tell all of them. Right. And which makes no sense because you were trying to build a franchise. Mm-hmm. And so what what are you doing? And it, it's a similar experience here because like I'm watching when 
you know, he's got the wig on. And I'm like, well, why, why would you even do that? Like, why, <laughs> why you, did you not have, what did you not have enough of here? Cause then you'd find they'd cut to scenes within that scene that did have, that had his normal hair. And so just this perplexing yeah. thing that exists. So for me, it's solo. Okay. Sam? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, my system is the European, European toilet system. So in Europe, they have toilets that are two. You, there's a one button with two water droplets on it for a big flush for flushing poop. Button with one water droplet with a little flush to flush pee. And you push the buttons until the movie goes down the drain. But I think this movie is a samurai sword that I hang above the toilet and look at. Because I can't flush this movie in good conscience. You can't it's flush great. a samurai sword. You can't flush it's too big. You can't flush a, a, a Japanese sword. A Japanese sword. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. What does katana mean? It means Japanese sword. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> so this movie is spared from the toilet. All of right. course. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Rachel? Yeah, my 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 grading system is uh a, a through F. Uh A being it's a movie. You did it. You made a thing. Congratulations. Uh, and F being, why did you bestow this upon Earth, you mother <laughs> person? <laughs> I'm looking at you, Justice League, Batman versus <laughs> Superman kind of thing. Sure. And I would say that this is maybe... I, I'm... Battling between an A minus and a B plus. Wow, <laughs> nice. Because I'm I'm gonna go with a B plus. Okay. Just because like there's definitely some things that like you can take out, or that like I'm watching and I'm like, all right, next scene kind of thing. Um, but also like I said previously, it's like a specimen. <laughs> <laughs> Of film. I want to preserve it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It needs yeah. to be preserved. Yeah. The future Absolutely. needs to see this. Uh, yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. I think future filmmakers should see this film. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Tuna, what's your rating system? Uh, my rating system is what food it reminds me of. And this one is off-brand pizza rolls. Oh. So they're like, they're not the Totinos. They're not the like, you know, like Totinos, not like a whole lot of nutritional value to them, but they're uh-huh. like... A decent quality product. Tasty. These are the like yeah. half half that price, like store brand, whatever. Yeah, Safeway, Safeway Select. Safeway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that <laughs> version of those where it's like not that well made, but it's you know still a pizza roll. You can yeah. appreciate it. Um, no, definitely, I agree. Uh, time to move on to our final segment, which is called Real Good, where we recommend something real good for you to watch in opposition to or in addition to this. Uh, Rachel, we're going to start with you. I'm going to recommend uh, a movie, I guess, to watch. I personally don't like this movie. (laughs) What? Okay. But I know within film community, it's like (laughs) a bunch of people's favorite movie and like on the AFI 100 list, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to recommend The French Connection. Oh. Because that is... An example of two cops who take it too far yeah. kind of thing. And it has some really good editing and, like, the chase scenes. And uh, toward at the end of the movie, I hate... Uh, Popeye Doyle. Popeye Doyle. Gene Hackman. Yeah. <laughs> um, that movie has such a confusing legacy because you feel like when you watch it, 
you've heard so much about how he's like such a great character and and the guy who was is Popeye Doyle is in the movie so it's such a weird conflicting like what are you supposed to think about this dude who's clearly like a psychopath or like at least a bad dude yeah yeah um i think i think there's a lot there that i don't i, I don't have the ability to unpack right now but there is a lot to uh zeitgeist mm-hmm. and sort of what we were looking to for police heroes yeah. at that time i mean if you think about it that was coming out about the same time as death wish yeah. it was about you know we were looking toward the the lone person who doesn't play by the rules yeah. is the only way that we can have you know, peace and tranquility, and yeah. et cetera. And thankfully, we've kind of gone away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people who still think that is, that is you know, truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things that Die Hard plays into, mm-hmm. um, even though I think Die Hard is an incredibly good film. He's in a different situation in Die Hard. Oh, he mm-hmm. is. He doesn't even have <laughs> shoes on. But he still plays into the, the very, like, I don't know, sort of Reagan era right. idea yeah. of... Um, the, the the lone white man who can solve all of these problems right. uh, with a gun yeah. like that. And so, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of shooting from the hip here, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. is, that is an era of things. And Popeye Doyle was definitely a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was a big thing with action movies in the eighties. Like we're going to send this one guy in with all the guns, you know, and all of the, the experience to solve all the problems that the police can't handle because they have to play by rules. Right. And there's even a line in Die Hard where uh, John McClane holds a gun to one of the terrorists and he says, you're not going to hurt me. He says, why? He says, because you're a police officer. There are rules for police officers. And he says, ah, that's what my captain keeps telling me. And then he hits him in the back of the head. Oh, yeah. Like, so it's mm-hmm. like, it, that is very much. So I think there was a group of people, maybe a large group of people, but a, a group of people who did think you're supposed to like him because he's going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that's just my opinion. We'll see. Okay. Gee, what a what a parallel to certain <laughs> things that are happening right now. Yes. Moving on. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, You're real, real good. good. Excellent. You hate French, that movie. Yeah, too. even though I hate that movie. Well, French Connection is an extremely well made movie. Uh, yes. I mean the, William and Friedkin. That's, and that's like I recognize that it's well made. Well, well made, but. At the same time, I think, like, to parallel this to Samurai Cop, (laughs) (laughs) it could be done. Yep. Hmm. Sam, what's your real good? I would have just said to watch this again, but then earlier we were talking about uh, Ninja Turtles and RoboCop. And I feel like those two movies combined basically amount to Samurai Cop. (laughs) The Ninja Turtles are samurais, and RoboCop is a cop. This is true. All of these things are true. <laughs> they're, both, they're both better movies than Samurai Cop. Just stick them in a blender. But if you watch them all on the same night at the same sleepover, that would be a fun sleepover. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. That's so sweet. Ooh. That's my triple feature. Wow. Yeah. I'd be on board for that. Yeah. That would be amazing. Just be curled up in our sleeping bags. Eating an absurd amount of pizza. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Tuna, mm-hmm. what's your real good? Uh, my real good is a film called Black Dynamite. Which, oh, I've seen that all over like Amazon or Netflix, one of the two. Yeah, it's this fun, like it's a parody of this sort of film or like along the lines. It's more directly a parody of like Rudy Ray Moore's stuff, like yeah. Dolomite and Petey mm-hmm. Wheatstraw. Like, and it, but it's really well made. It's like a love letter at the same time it's making fun of those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it i don't know it cracks me up i love it cuz it's so on point about making fun of 
like cheap, bad, low budget filmmaking to the point where like there were times when there would be jokes and it took me a while to get them because I was like, oh, the joke is that he's reading off the cue card. That's why that line is so weird. (laughs) And like, and, but like they nail it and make it so, and there's like, they have the boom in the shot and sometimes, and like Michael Jai White just does such a great job. There's a very funny scene with a boomerang. Remember that part? (laughs) Yeah. At the end of that movie. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's fantastic. It's a love letter to films like this. I know I've seen this movie, but I do not remember at all. Oh, man. I don't remember much of it aside from the boomerang Boomerang sounds familiar. It's so great. It's got like Cedric Yarbrough plays plays a drug dealer. Uh And it's just like, that's the one that sticks in my mind is when... He's sitting there and he's like, I'm here to take care of the drug dealers in our community. And then Cedric Yarrow looks up from his table and he's like, but Black Dynamite, I'm a drug dealer in our community. <laughs> and, oh, just yeah. like. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's, okay. it's good. I like it a lot. This sounds like something I would like. Yeah. So I will check it out. All right. Well, uh, my real good is going to actually be, well, originally I was going to do exactly what you were thinking is just watch Samurai Cop again. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I think it's valuable. I think, I think it's also entertaining and weird and a lot of fun. And if you've seen it before, but haven't seen the high definition cut, which I think is fairly new or like the high definition yeah. version, mm-hmm. that's worth watching. Yeah. If you've I already agree. seen it. Yeah. Um, I would recommend checking out one of Amir Shervan's other films uh, mm-hmm. because I think it's it's interesting. I don't think it's a good film. Um, I just don't think his sensibilities translated mm-hmm. um, in, in particular. But he made another film called Hollywood Cop. That was his first American film. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because it is like the prototype for Samurai Cop. But it's like shot better. Hmm. Uh, the acting's better. Sets are better, the action's better. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, it's it, but it, it follows like a lot of the same beats. Um, but instead of the guy being a samurai, he's just sort of a cop who won't play by the rules, right? Um, which makes more sense. <laughs> but I think it would be an interesting thing to do a double feature of is to watch one, watch these back to back. Um, they're just bizarre. Uh, to think about in that. So check out Hollywood Cop. Can you watch was, any of his Iranian movies? I looked for him. I couldn't find any. Okay. Um, yeah, I would like to. I mm-hmm. would like to see, you know, how things play um, in that way. Mm-hmm. I think that he, you know, he has the reputation of being a quote unquote bad filmmaker. And I think that he just made films that a certain way that you had to make them mm-hmm. uh, in that era that doesn't translate to what we do here. So I don't know. I, I, I would like to see a couple of them though. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming on and talking about this wonderfully delightful movie with me. I appreciate it. Rachel, where can people find you and Sam? Uh, you can find us. We are currently revamping our podcast called Real Love. Uh, episodes coming out soon. As soon as the other person who we're interviewing picks their movie. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, Is it just one person? Well, it's, what, it's two. two people. Right. One of them's picked their movie. The other one's really dragging her feet on it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's about to have a baby, so she better hurry up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, uh, so you can find that at Real Love Pod. Well, at, at Real Love Twi- Pod on Twitter. On Twitter. But you can find it at re- if you search Real Love. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, you, I'm sure you can find it on uh, the Cage Club and 
uh, real bad. You can see me mentioned. Um, but also check out my letterboxed. I have a letterboxed and I average like three to four movies a week. So I rate things a lot and I don't review every movie, but um, sometimes I will add my thoughts on there. Excellent. So follow me. Sam, anything you want to plug? Uh, I'm just everywhere at Slam Schultz. Follow me on Twitter. I have more than 500 people now. Yay! Thanks probably nice. to being on this last week. <laughs> now I want 600. So there's your challenge. There's new goals. <laughs> yeah. Got a flex goal. I do. If I get 600, I'll... Uh, what will I do? I'll take a picture of my cat. <gasps> oh, you six, won't show it to 600. anyone. You'll just take a picture. <laughs> yeah. So no. What if I unfollow you and then refollow you? I don't think so. No, I won't no. see pictures of your cat. Okay, well, give me 600 followers then. <laughs> yeah, oh, tell all your followers to follow <laughs> yeah. you. Tuna, where can we find oh. you? <laughs> I didn't know if you were done yet. Yeah, I don't have anything <laughs> oh. to say. Um, I'm, you're uh, on a show called oh, Tangents. Oh, I'm on Show Tangents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on a podcast called SciShow Tangents where every week we talk about wacky science stuff. Me and Hank Green and Sarah Riley and Stephen Chin. That's at SciShow Tangents in podcast places. Sweet. Tuna, where can people find you? Um, I also work on Tangents. Mm-hmm. I do the mixing. I don't get to say any of the funny stuff. Well, we say your name every episode. Yeah, yeah that's true. You yeah. do. Yeah. And you're now editing Dear Hank and John. Oh, yeah. I'm doing that, too. Um, and I'm at Tuna Loons on Instagram and Twitter and probably other places, but I don't really check those. Uh, <laughs> and then... Uh, I guess my band's website is sovietfourthgrader.com and that's the only other thing I can think of. So Soviet fourth grader? Soviet, Soviet, Soviet fourth grader. Fourth grader. Yeah. All spelled out in words, no numbers. No no four T H. No. Okay. It's F O R T H. Yes? F O U R T H. Oh, I did. Yeah. Fourth? I don't know. That's all right, because I almost made that same mistake when I was buying the domain. (laughs) And in fact, I may have, so I might own both. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sweet. Uh, well, you can find us at Real Bad Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, you can go to Real Bad Pod. Or excuse me, you can go to Patreon.com/RealBadPod if you'd like to chip in a buck or two. A real big thanks to Black Duck Studios, T. Michael Martin, I Love It Podcast, Candace, Sarah, Caroline, and Anna Moss for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you very much. We've got the vote coming up for uh, the last film that we will watch this month. Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go to CageClub.me and check out podcasts like I think appropriately after today's conversation. The Keanu Club, where Joey and Mike watch and discuss all of Keanu Reeves' movies, which is pretty, you know, excellent. <laughs> uh, next week, we're probably heading into the 80s again, if I have anything to say about it, but we'll see what happens. And until then, this has been Real Bad. <laughs>